You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slap It Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see. What up, what up, it's the Real Coach JB, man, coming at you with another uh, live podcast, follow me on YouTube, I'm on YouTube Live right now on this fine Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. Um, this this uh this show is going to be titled "Perception versus Reality." Man, um, we got to get to some uh, talk some reality based on uh, there's a lot of perception out there when reality really is uh hitting you in the face and you want to keep fucking thinking it's not. But we're gonna go into that. Lots to cover. Um, stop looking in your rearview mirror. It will only stop you from looking ahead. That's the quote of the day. I started doing that at Indy. I took the mirrors out the bus. Um, we were fucking looking in the mirror too often, man. And it stops you from looking forward, what's ahead. It, it, you're always looking behind you. Uh, it really does take away what's ahead of you. So stop looking in the rearview mirror. It only stops you from looking ahead. Um, I think that's a uh, true statement, man. So... Uh, I live by that to this day right now. So, um, but, uh, I got to drop a few celebrity shout outs, man. Um, my whiskey dropped on August 1st, last Saturday. And, uh, and I shipped it out to a couple friends of mine and, uh, celebrities and, uh, former players, NFL greats, hall of famers, even all pros, um, ESPN announcers, um, and uh, they all got the whiskey. They all actually bought more whiskey online at CoachJVStore.com because they all liked it very much. So I appreciate it. Uh, Marcellus Wiley, uh, he, he dropped a shout-out on, on, on his social media while he was eating his fucking ketchup tacos. You know, he's from Compton. Uh, he also bought some, bo- some more bottles yesterday, so I appreciate Marcellus. Big up, Hub City. Roy Williams, former Super Bowl champ, uh, Northern California native, Oklahoma Sooner, dropped it. He also bought some more bottles. My boy Travis Johnson, Compton native, Florida State, Houston Texans. Ken Hamlin, former Cowboy. Matt Barry, who's an ESPN uh, anchor, along with Michael Collins, who's a golf analyst on ESPN. They have the Maddie and the Caddy Show. It's a podcast. Check it out. Um then Walter Jones, Hall of Famer, left tackle for the Seahawks. Uh, all have has all I've said is great, smooth whiskey, pressed so far. So I'm happy it has uh, not been a disappointment to date. And I look forward to everyone who is buying a bottle's reaction. So I appreciate you guys. It's on up and in, in live, the www.coachjbstore.com. And you can catch uh, and you can find it there and uh, check it out. Um, Perception versus reality is the title of this show, man. And I'm going to get into a few hot topics before I get into. I got a lot of three, four pages worth of shit. I think you guys will all like it. It'll you'll find it fascinating. On my, uh, you know, my take on this whole deal. Can we please shut the fuck up, Stephen A. Smith, Jason Williams, Kendrick fucking Perkins? I mean, goddamn, you you got to be joking me, man. They're the most front-running fucking analysts I have ever heard speak that have the huge that has a huge platform. I, I got to be honest with you. One day it's the Clippers, then it's the Lakers, then the best team in the bubble is Houston, then they lose and it's Phoenix and Portland. Like, let the fucking eight games be played first, will you? Like every single day. It's somebody's problem. Are you believers in the Lakers now? They lost one game. Are you believers the Clippers look fucking hurt? Are you believers? Houston's the best team in the bubble. They've they've made it the best uh, situation. They fucking one in three or whatever they are. So shut the fuck up, man. Kendrick Perkins changes his mind like draws. He changes his mind like I changed my fucking underwear. I'm just telling you. I mean, it's unbelievable that this motherfucker is allowed to talk every day. This motherfucker says Jordan's the best when, when Last Dance is on. 
Then he takes it back and says Kobe's the best. Now it's LeBron's the best. Dog, this motherfucker has, I can't believe what a hypocrite this cat is. But every single day, Kendrick Perkins changes his fucking mind. Like, he loves to switch his story up, man. Uh, unbelievable how fast these cats jump ship to a completely new team. It's like, fuck me, man. Shut the fuck up. Quit switching up. Let the fucking bubble play out before we even get to the playoffs. And uh, and we'll see what's happening. But, goddamn, Stephen A. just yells out shit daily. So he rips OBJ uh, for his comments that the NFL should not play. But OBJ says he will not opt out. So OBJ came out, if you don't know, he came out and said the NFL shouldn't play in 2020. Then they asked him, well, will he not play? And he's like, no, I'll play. Well, that's a fucking oxymoron contradicting fucking statement. So if you're, you're either going to play and get paid, you're not going to play and not get paid. It's not very hard. The NFL laid it out. It's very simple. Now, I agree with what OBJ says in some things. He's, he's talking about, you know, the owners think that they own the players. And the NFL is the lowest paid of the three major sports. And that bugs me because it's the hardest sport, the most watched, the most revenue generating sport. But yet we're the least paid because we wear a helmet and we don't get the marketing um, access that all these other people get. Like I've, I've said before, if Will Shields walked in your where you're shopping at Walmart, you would not know who he was. And he's a Hall of Fame, probably one of the best guards that ever played in the NFL. Same with Larry Allen. Same with Walter Jones. Very few people would know who O-linemen, D-linemen, linebackers uh, are. You wouldn't know who they are. Probably running backs. There's only, you're only going to know the quarterbacks that you see on commercials. You also know, you're also only going to know um, certain things like that. So you got to understand that this is perception versus reality. All right. And you don't know who these people are. It's very underpaid sport. And I agree, I agree with him on that aspect, but don't say don't have a season, but then you won't opt out because I don't know if anyone, everyone, you guys out there know so far, there's been 50 NFL players that have opted out. 50. Now, if you look at those 50, I would say they're 8, 9, 10-year vets that have been in the game a little longer. They got more money, and they're a little bit smarter with their bills to, the, to date. I bet you the second, third, fourth, and fifth-year players are playing because they have less money, haven't had the contract year yet, and need to pay for their Lamborghinis, fucking houses they bought, mom, pop, the homies, etc. This is just being real, so... Don't at me like all you mother motherfuckers say nowadays. That's just being honest. The veterans are cop are opting out, and they're like, "Fuck this! I got family, I got kids, I got etc. Health reasons, whatever." The youngsters gotta pay, play. They gotta play to get paid. So I get it on both avenues, but OBJ's always done a fuck. He, you know, either play, shut the fuck up, go on the yacht with your IG models, and shut the fuck up. You got to do one or the other. You were horrible last year. Your quarterback is fucking horrible. And, you know, you need to worry about that shit. You know, you got the most overrated quarterback in the past fucking 10 years who's just a punk bitch who's horrible. And, uh, you know, how about you deal with that shit, OBJ? And, uh, or go, like I said, go to fucking, you know, on a yacht, fucking prima donna fuck. NFL players, um, like I said, there's been 50 that have opted out. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know how this fucking thing is going to play out. If you haven't heard new, new news uh, this morning, it's 1130 on the West Coast right now, but as of this morning, um, the NCAA fuck sticks that they are filed a petition to the U.S. Supreme Court to slow down allowing, basically to pause or halt allowing college athletes to receive expanded number of benefits. Wow. Is, everyone, is anyone fucking shocked? Quit being so shocked, man. You're not going to get shocked. So understand, I'm not shocked. The NCAA's been a meat market. They treat the kids as pieces of meat. And so if you guys think that this is some new news, it is, they're only battle. they're only fucking, keep, they keep appealing the inevitable. They're not, they got to understand that the world is moving forward and you got to fucking let it go. 
because these kids are going to get benefits. They're going to get paid some type of way, um, some type of way. So I don't understand um, how they're going to understand, get that. So I don't know. So uh, hopefully that you realize that. So my quote, though, stop looking in the rearview mirror. It'll only stop you from looking ahead. That leads me into the start of the show, um, which is The Rock and, and, and his former wife, I believe, who's the first female to own a professional franchise, bought the XFL for $15 million. All right. Now, Vince McMahon spent hundreds of millions of dollars twice and didn't succeed. But if you heard The Rock talk, he talks about being cut in the CFL in Vancouver and how he wanted to go to the NFL, and that was his ticket. But in reality, it, was, it wasn't. it was And the perception clouded his judgment and dreams. But in reality, this is what he should have been doing. And he's probably made fucking uh, way more money than he ever would have played, been as a player. We all understand that, I hope. And I hope we understand that, you know... He's been the most liked human being over the past five years, according to all these tabloids. He's got like 200 million Instagram followers. I mean, I think only fucking Christian Ronaldo has more. So what a great story. And I hope he can be innovative and turn the XFL into something that has longevity um, and some consistency over years and years. Because there's never been another league to rival the NFL or yet alone can, you know, sustain itself. Just hasn't been one. And Vince McMahon threw hundreds of millions in it, and it didn't work. That is the reality. So, you know, how how buying an entire league for $15 million is going to work? Uh, the perception is that it can happen. People keep trying, but the reality just it has not worked. You had the Arena League. You had the AFL. You had the XFL twice. You had this fucking AAF, um, you know, all this shit, man. Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how. It's been a disaster. So if you can think outside the box, in my opinion, you can possibly play. This is just me talking. I don't know shit, right? I'm not a business fucking Fortune 500 company CEO. Even though I speak to some, I'm not the, the guy to make those decisions. But what I would do, JB's fucking XFL, if I'm the owner, I'm the rock. I take four or eight teams, I create a league, the XFL, I put them in one fucking city, and especially during these COVID times, it could be this developmental league for the NFL, you limit the travel, you limit expenses, you bubble them up in football terminology, bubble them up, like the NBA's done, obviously, so meaning maybe like eight teams in Vegas or fucking Albuquerque, New Mexico, or somewhere that the expenses could be limited, control the environment, and limit fucking travel, coaches, players could make a decent living, and NFL teams could come see these guys all in one location, work out, play, and so forth, and it could be a model moving forward. But what do I know? That's just my, what I would do, because you got to think outside the box if you're going to if you're gonna have a sustainable fucking league that is going to at least be something that can give kids or guys another avenue of getting to the NFL or making a decent living playing the sport. Now, as, far, as well as coaches. So who am I? Nobody. I just threw out my two cents, but it is what it is. But we got to be different than what Vince tried twice and what other models have failed doing. So you cannot compete with the NFL and cannot compete with that model. So be different. And during COVID and even after COVID ends, if we do have a vaccine or whatever, if the election happens and this whole fucking virus goes away and, and everyone's in awe, oh, the virus left because the election's over, who knows what's going to happen? But if you start this league up next year at Rock, hey, man, just telling you, I would be different. I'd put the motherfuckers where you can play maybe two stadiums, four teams can play, um, you know, in the morning and four in the afternoon or whatever. If you want to play two and two, if there's only eight teams, you play two games, two stadiums. I don't know. Um, but you practice, you, you bubble up, you get one location. I don't know where that is, but it's going to have to probably be in a rural desert location. But I don't think you can have teams traveling. The, the, it's, it's, it's fucking folded a million times. 
it costs too much money. All right. You can't fucking take 50, 60 players, 20 staff, equipment, coaches, football gear, all the shit needed, pay for food, pay for a hotel, apartments, etc. And you can't survive, man. There's too many people involved, too much, too many moving pieces. There's too much money going out, not enough coming in. They don't get the crowds of the NFL, NBA. So got to try something else. And so just throwing that out there. Rock, you hear it? Let me know. Uh, I'll come fuck it with you. Um, so I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, got to be different. A lot has happened over the last few days, man. The Lakers clinched the West for the first time since 09-010, um, beating Utah 116-108, equaling 224 points, which is Kobe and Gigi's numbers. Um, just 24-2. and two. How ironic. Maybe Kobe is looking down on them. Um, if so, he's probably saying, fuck LeBron, step your fucking game up. Because that motherfucker needs to step up. He, I'm just telling you. He looks old and he's fucking me on fantasy uh uh, on DraftKings. So, um, Kuzma has stepped up two, two games in a row with 16 points. Um, like I said before, he, the Lakers need a third score. So 16 points would be huge on a consistent basis, but can the motherfucker do that consistently? I don't know. Um, especially while Rondo's out waiter looks good. At least he could take someone off to dribble. That's encouraging and possibly can create while Rondo's still out. Uh, Rondo came back, I think close to the bubble, but um, I don't know. Um, Major League Baseball still a shit show. Like the Marlins have played three fucking games. The Cardinals are now out on shutdown, and it's affected the other teams. Like, what are we fucking doing here? Then the commissioner comes out and says we're not going to quit and have no fear. Sounds like an ignorant fuck to me, uh, your sir slapdick. I mean, you sound ignorant as shit. The league's going to fucking fold here shortly. They can't even play enough games. The Marlins have played three or four games. Like, the Cardinals now are shut down. I just don't get it. Um, If you guys haven't heard, we've had two separate incidences regarding two coaches at the four-year level, football coaches at the NCAA level. One is a friend of mine, a former California JUCO player. We tripped Hawaii the same time back in our JUCO days on a visit when June Jones was the head coach. Um, and I got two players there right now at Washington State. But Coach Rolo, um, friend of mine, man, and I know enough of, about what he does, and I know he's respected by those kids, the community. I know he does a lot in Pullman. Um, apparently, you know, this guy fucking, this kid records him. And, I, and, and you know, I actually have talked to Rolo uh, since the incident. And, you know, I know all about the recording and all this shit. So, obviously, uh, we had a few t- talk, talks about it. But he, it was before the Pac-12 kids wanted to take this, you know, this stand about they want these certain benefits put in writing. This meeting was before that. The kid lied, said that it wasn't. So, Rolo finally released a statement. But, you know, I've talked to two of my players that are up there and I'm not going to comment. It's, it's, it's not for everyone, but we got these guys online commenting these so-called gurus, quarterback gurus, and all these people talking shit about what the fuck is going to happen. Um, I would never send a player to play for Rolo. Well, don't comment on something you don't know the truth about. People are so fucking quick to judge other people, especially grown folks. How are grown folks so fucking quick to judge another grown person that has nothing to do with your livelihood? This motherfucker does shit that you don't, you dream of doing. You fucking sell donuts at fucking Winchell's, man. How the fuck are you going to comment on someone else? These quarterback guys that are out there that coach these guys individually, I've had a few of them on my on my podcast, like... Come on, man. Learn the story before you go blast somebody out. That's just my thing. That's how a lot of these guys on ESPN are, man. It's, it's unbelievable to me. They don't even do no research. It's irresponsible journalism. That's what it is. And, uh, man. So, anyway, the kid records him illegally without his consent. He fucking records the dude. They go fucking... He sends it out, says Rolo told him he won't play if he if he does the movement. That's not at all what he said. 
Let these fucking kids that don't want to play go. Give these coaches their scholarships back. Let them go grab some kids that want to be there. It's already a fucked up year. It's already going to be a shit show. I think coaches are going to get fired more than we know because of how fucked up this is. Uh, Just let the kids that don't want to play get the fuck out. I mean, that's, we're already in this soft, enabled-ass, fucking puss-ass environment. The kids nowadays are soft as baby shit. Runny baby shit at that. So we already know what we're dealing with. But don't start blasting out every single coach now because everyone wants to be the victim. Motherfucker, you don't want to work. That's the problem. That's not a victim. Go find out the truth of the dude. And then blast them out. But I know some shit about it, and it's fucking crazy. And don't believe the first fucking story, man. There's two sides to every fucking thing. Just understand that. So... I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But again, we're in a different world, man, than, you know, of coaching. You know what I mean? Uh, kid records them, which is a bitch move. Uh, uh, you know, once again, proving there is no fucking loyalty. There is no locker room integrity. There is no what is said in here stays in here mentality anymore with these kids. So you ask, why did coaches take new jobs? Well, I just told you why. The kids do shit like this on a daily basis for clout, for notoriety, for a million other bitch-made reasons. So I'm not mad at coaches for leaving anymore like I once was because these kids make coaches want to leave and test the waters at other places and hoping that the kid is different. But in all reality, these kids are all fucked up, man. Because of parenting and high school and youth coaching is so enabled uh, and fucked up, we are creating shitbird monsters with baby booty skin, and it's soft as fuck. And it's, it's too bad the grass isn't greener, but I get why these coaches leave from one place. I get why Leach left that motherfucker and went to Mississippi State. So... I'm not mad no more like I used to be. I used to be like, you're soft for leaving these dudes that you recruited there. But, you know, you never can go, you never can know a kid because coaches never recruit kids for four solid years. So you're never going to really know a kid in and out or his parents or single mother or whatever who, who raised them by the time you get them on your campus. So by the time you really find out who this kid is, he fucks you. And so now you're fucked and you got to understand that that's what's happened. So don't, I'm not mad at the coaches for leaving anymore. It's just what it is. Um, so, you know, we're going to see what happens. Um, we're going to see how this goes down and we'll see. I don't know. Um, but we're, it's, it's, it's going to be a fucking interesting uh, season to say the least if we have one. Um, but we got some soft fucking youth coaching, soft high school coaches, and soft parenting, which has created these shit bird fucking monsters, man. And there's no loyalty. You know, a locker room in football locker room used to be the most intimate setting of all sports. That's what it used to be. So I'm just letting you know. But it's not anymore. Cats want to record you. They want to get this self, you know, gratification they want to be fucking enabled they want to go fucking put the shit on social media because they want to be they're these bitch made cats that's what they are nowadays because it's the parents and coaches have allowed it we enabled it we created it so understand that um so who knows the second issue of the weekend was gary patterson all right he's the head coach of tcu now i've known him for a while He's from Western Kansas, okay? I'm going to give you guys a perspective and then the reality. The perception of this whole deal is apparently he said the N-word in a, in a team meeting, and some of the kids walked out. Or I guess the majority of the kids walked out of the show, out of the fucking um, meeting, all right, and didn't have practice. So... I have a player there, obviously. Remember, I only speak on shit that I know about some of the time. But I knew, listening to the story, I knew in the, I knew two minutes in that I fucking knew what really went down. Just by knowing him, knowing the kids nowadays, knowing the situation. All right? I know. I knew what was going to happen. So, he was in front of a team, and one of his players posted some shit on social media where the N-word was used several times with his girl. And... 
Gary came into the meeting and then they talked and then he said, quit using the word, that word, but he said the word. Now, this is an older white guy from fucking rural Kansas, okay? He's from the western state, part of the state. Wasn't raised around a lot of brothers, if any. Uh, I went to Hayes, Kansas, so I know where he's from and he's right up the road. So, even though he's never had any allegations, never had any trouble, nobody knows, you know, he's, I don't see, I don't know if he's a racist. I don't think he is. I don't know him at that level, but he doesn't have the relationship with those kids that people in his administration thinks he does. Because if he fucking did, the kids wouldn't have fucking said anything and they wouldn't have walked out that room. Period. Whether you want to hear it or not. He used too much R on the fucking word. He don't know. He, first of all, he should never said anything like it. Never started the word. But he is not ingrained enough into this culture or know his kids enough to understand that that's how the fucking kids in Western Kansas call brothers. They don't have an A at the end. They have a hard R at the end. Because that is the word that you use to degrade him or her. Gary is not. He don't understand that because he doesn't understand the culture. He don't know. He hasn't had enough. You know, even though he's older, he hasn't. He's coaching this long because he's got away with being the guy under the radar who's never done anything or said anything. But when this happens and you try to say, don't say this word where you're from a place where racism is taught because it is a learned trait. Let's make sure we're clear here by your grandfather's grandmothers, whoever taught you how to be a racist. Well, that's one of the places where they teach you. And I'm just being honest. He don't know that that word don't have a hard R on the end. That's the problem with these guys that keep getting recycled. We keep hiring these same people and you want them to coach 78% of black kids. I'm going to get into all that, but I'm just telling you, I knew exactly what happened, 1,000% what happened, because I've been around guys like this who don't know how to talk to black kids, number one. Number two, don't have that deep-rooted relationship with the kids to where if he did tell his players to stop saying the N-word, he don't understand that you cannot say the N-word and have it in with a hard R and even a step further, he shouldn't have said it, period. But take it from me, a person who was persecuted for saying a certain word, there is context to it and meaning behind it, but mainstream media will only tell the negative. Just understand that. They're only going to tell the negative. So some soft-ass kids will only tell his side of the story without any meaningful context at all. Gary tried to stop saying, you know, the word with a hard R in it. And being that he has not a clue how to be around black kids and has no swag, those kids walked out on his ass. So would those same kids walked out on me? Fuck no. And it would have been a different situation completely with a different tone involved. Let, let's be clear. That is what happens so you take it for what it is worth and make your own assumptions. But that's what happened with the TCU incident. But understand, this is a sport that is played by 80% or whatever it is. I believe it's actually 68% black players coached by 89% white coaches. And you wonder why Dabo, Gary, Rolo are having issues? Come on, man. Let's be real. A, find coaches like me who can relate to these kids and have the best interest at heart who really want to see them succeed or hire more black coaches and ADs, Mr. AD, Mr. President out there. But if Gary Patterson were fired today, he would have a fucking job tomorrow by one of his white coaching buddies at either Texas A&M, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Kansas, etc. Just make sure you understand what I'm saying here. Because I'm sorry if the truth hurts, but 89% of the Division I programs are coached by a white coach. 
And I would say 60% of those guys don't have any fucking clue how to discuss or talk to his black player on a one-on-one level. But yet, we keep hiring the same motherfucker. Ignorance is life-threatening, man. A mistake that happens more than once is a fucking decision, last time I checked. So, there is no alternative reasoning behind it. Racism is a learned trait, and decision-making is a choice. And usually that choice is because we do not know what we say or what effect it has on others. Period. That's why these guys do what they do. They don't fucking know. So, I'm just telling you, man, that's just what it is, and that's what happened. He said an R at the end of that word. He should never have said the word period, even if he said it with an A. But even if he said it with an A, those kids weren't going to look at him. They were going to look at him sideways because he don't have that relationship with those kids. So I'm just telling you, man, uh, that's the truth, and that's what the fuck happened. And like I said, I have a player there. I know what happened. I know what happened with two players at Washington State. And there's a lot of bitchness out there. A lot of these kids want to fucking, they want clout, man. But it is what it is. No relationships are built. No fucking, those kids won't run through a wall because they don't trust you as far as they could throw your ass. They know your background. They know what you've done. How many black kids are you bringing back to school to be a GA for you? How many black kids that played for you are you get helping getting jobs? Let's do the research on that shit because I got some more stats for you in a minute. This show is brought to you by Manscaped. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered up with us to make sure that your Nuggets, man, your balls are safe as possible with the match, when the matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, man, women like to see your fucking nuts shaved. Go fucking shave your hairy ass nuts. Stop being some fucking caveman. 20% off and free shipping with my code slapdick at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code slapdick. Take your grooming game to the next level. Fellas, go get some manscaped in you. I'm telling you. Um, but like I said, a mistake that happens more than once is a fucking decision. The presidents and ADs continue to make these decisions. They keep hiring these recyclable fucks and they have no interest in these kids. And it's unbelievable, man. It's truly unbelievable. So I'm going to get into all that. But the reality is the sport NCAA football, at division one level, 130 schools is played by 68%. African-American kids coached by 11% African-Americans. Now, the best coach should coach. I don't give a fuck what color you are, purple, blue, yellow, green. You should coach. The best possible coach should coach the kids. They should be the mentors of the kids. They should teach the kids. But you're telling me that 11% of Division One programs are coached by a black person when 70% of the players we recruit are black. There's going to be water and oil issues here. Oil and water don't mix. Eventually it's going to happen. This was what has happened. 2020 came pandemic protest, George Floyd, all this shit's happened. And now Right, wrong, or indifferent, my worry is, because I'm a realist and I'm being real, because I know a lot of these coaches and I know not all the white coaches are bad and not all the black coaches are good and not all the black coaches are bad. It goes all the way, every which way you want to look at it. But I'm worried that white coaches are going to be tabbed a bad guy when they're not. I'm worried that black coaches are going to be tabbed good coaches when they're not. Let's be real. And I'm worried that black coaches are going to be tabbed bad coaches and get kicked out of the, get fired quicker than normal like they always do. So let's make sure that we open-minded here and understand it goes both ways. And, and this thing has a revolving door. And it's very, very fucked up. I'm just being honest. Uh, I'm going to get into a bunch of this shit. Um, but I guarantee Gary Patterson will get a job tomorrow. And, you know, 
Willie Taggart got fired. Now, I, I, I'm not a Willie Taggart guy. I don't know him like that. Obviously, he hasn't done very well as a head coach. Um, but took him a while to get a job. Look how quick other guys get fired as head coaches that are white and get jobs the next day by their buddies. Just saying. Um, Jonathan Isaac, who didn't take a knee and didn't put a Black Lives Matter shirt on, you know, blew his knee out. Sad deal. He took it. He took it. A lot of heat for it um, for not taking a knee. But now he'll be without a knee for quite some time. Sucks for him. Do not wish harm on anyone. So I hope he'll bounce back. Uh, but again, I'm getting into this uh, perception versus reality theory of mine. There is a report that came out today, all right, that Texas Tech women's basketball coach Marlene Stallings created a toxic environment of intimidation and fear in her two seasons at Texas Tech. Now, understanding the source, all right, the USA Today wrote this article. USA Today, by the way, are horrible fucking journalists who are a bunch of irresponsible journalists and fuck sticks. I must tell you, take it from me. Ask Michael Jordan how the USA Today and Sports Illustrated are. They're the two worst fucking journalists, irresponsible reporters. They don't even get that. They don't even get verified information before they fucking post some shit out there. Or they don't even talk to you and write something like they've talked to you. It's unbelievable. I don't know how it's not illegal. But they are the two worst in sports, period. And uh, it says kids transferred at a high rate from her program and they felt belittled by the coach and someone had a panic attack because the strength and conditioning coach was yelling at the men's basketball players and the girl was there and witnessed it and had a panic attack. Now that person who's a strength conditioning coach also had a sexual harassment allegation towards him. Look, I don't condone any fucking sexual harassment or assault, all right? Trust me. But fuck me. Is this real or is it a bunch of soft fucks who are creating perception when in reality they are just soft and want it given to them? Like, fuck, man. Does anyone out there understand that this is sports and in sports, coaching coaches' jobs are to yell and get a point across and then love on you afterwards? It is what it is. It has been this way for a hundred fucking years. So now all of a sudden we're going to side with the soft and able fucking kids and their weak ass parents and soft ass kiss ass coaches who coach them from youth to high school and just don't want the kids to transfer. So they suck their dicks and kiss their asses. Fuck out of here, man. Wake up. It has developed more great people in this world over the last hundred fucking years, men and women of both which have played sports, got yelled at by coaches, got pushed, got tough skin developed. They end up going to the military. Remember Pat Tillman? You guys ever heard of that name? Go on to own businesses. They coach. They run nonprofits. Without sports and their coaching coaches ripping their asses to make them better humans, they will tell you themselves they would have been nothing. So is Deion Sanders fucking shitty and fucked up too? Is he like me? Because he came out and ripped all the high school coaches in Florida and all the parents for being soft and allowing it instead of coaching it. Like I always say, you either allow it or you coach it. So is he wrong too? Quit looking at the easy fucking way out and suck it up, man. I mean, goddamn, soft asses create hard heads and look at 2020 in a nutshell. Huh. Maybe I just know something these soft enablers don't. Wake the fuck up. That's just being honest. I, I don't get it. Um, so... She's taking heat now because USA Today wrote a story that a bunch of girls came forward and said they get their asses ripped at practice. They get cussed out for missing class. They get cussed out for not doing what they're supposed to do. Is that? Now, if she goes out and does fucking weird ass crazy shit, Penn State shit, or fucking Baylor shit, then yes, fire her. But is it, are we at a point where a kid farts and we smell it and the coach is fired? Like, that's where I don't, that's the problem we're having right now. Because that's what it is. And that's what this whole thing has started. White, black, red, green, I don't care. The best person should have the job. And the kid should be held fucking responsible. The coach should be held accountable. And the fucking coaches should be able to coach their team the way that they're supposed to 
obviously in a fair and humane way, yelling and fucking telling people, using a few F words and calling you a slapdick and a fuckstick is not fucking detrimental to your health. Sorry, you get cussed out harder at home by your mama. So quit being so fucking soft and blaming the coach every time they yell at you. They're yelling at you for a fucking reason. They deserved, they, they, they have earned the right to yell at you. You have not earned the right to shut, to talk back and tell them how to do their job. You have not. You haven't paid a bill yet. You haven't paid mortgage. You haven't paid a car note. You haven't turned the lights on at your own house. You haven't got your fucking kid milk and eggs. But you know better than we know? Coaches and parents, please stop enabling your fucking kids. Please stop having excuses. Please stop transferring because you get yelled at and it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it was easy, every single fuck stick would play the game. This has just become such a trophy handing out world we live in. Just hand out a trophy. Fuck it. You played. You played. Hand out a trophy. Lil Johnny deserves it. He played. He never. He's the worst fucking player. His daddy should have fucking pulled out. But guess what? He deserves a fucking trophy. And guess what? That's going to be the motherfucker that's a goddamn DC sniper or some crazy fuck in 20 years because you've allowed him to do whatever the fuck and he got a trophy. And then guess what? When the real world hits him in the fucking mouth and he starts getting clowned at his nine to five job, he goes and flips because he found out he was a nothing and he does. And he got a fucking trophy that he wasn't deserving of. And then guess what? He flips and go kills everyone at the fucking mail office. That's what the fuck we're doing. Just so you guys understand, that's just being real. But that's 2020. If anyone out there listens and don't know who Will Jeffries is, Willie Jeffries, go Google him. All right. Willie Jeffries was the first black coach ever hired at a Division I co- job, football job. All right. In 1979. All right. First black coach ever to coach a D1 program. And it was at Wichita State University, ironically, in Kansas. Then in 1983, he was fired for recruiting violations, so they say. All right. My point is right now, less than 10% of Division I coaches in 2020 are black. Yet, like I said, 68% of the players are black. But 10% of the coaches are black. So the players are black at the NCAA level. And 80% of the players are black at the NFL level. So someone needs to figure this shit out. 14 blackhead coaches out of 130 Division I schools. All right? 14. That is a staggering fucking 10.77% or some shit. Five of those 14 coaches are Pac-12 coaches. So five of the 14 black coaches are out west. So do the math, do the logistic, use the geographics, whatever it is you want to do. Five are out west, nine are scattered about. And less than 11% coach 70% black players, but yet can't relate to them, have no vested deep relationship, and yet continue to get new job after new job after they fell at their last job. UADs and presidents, man, don't, don't fuck around and hire me. I'm just telling you because I'll change the game like you have never seen before. I promise you that. Quit recycling the same old fucks. And expect a different result. It's a definition of insanity. And ignorance is truly life-threatening. And it is showing over and over in 2020. And you guys got to understand that. Because you're hiring these people. And yet you keep fucking hiring the same person. And you know. God damn. Motherfuckers bash me. But all I did was help kids. My whole life. And Motherfuckers can have rape cases happen on their campus with multiple players and get jobs. But I'm the bad guy. It's unfucking believable. That's how fucking strong a show on Netflix gives you fake fucks, a false perception when reality really is the person that isn't shown on 
fucking 2,800 hours of film that you don't see is judged off of fucking 16 hours you do see. Crazy. Life we live in. Keyboard cowards want to type away and talk shit when they know nothing about you. But yet I've never had a player talk shit about me. It's funny. Go find one. Crazy, isn't it? But yet there's people out there still talking shit. Come on, man. Don't get me started. That'll be a whole nother story. Um, Is what it is, man. We live in a fucked up, soft environment, soft ass world. And I just hope parents and coaches change, man. Because it's happened for 100 years and we've created some pretty good fucking human beings. But now all of a sudden, we're too hard and the kids are, it shouldn't be this hard and the kid needs a transfer and god damn man, it's unbelievable. So, I don't know. Last I checked, champions are built in the off season, number one. So it's always going to be harder in the off season than it is during the season. And number two, man, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And we'd all have the winning lotto numbers, man. I just don't understand. I really don't. But that's the life we live in. And uh hope I get, you got some little data out of this thing. And hopefully uh coaches aren't crucified or they get or they get what they they're supposed to get for doing what they do. Because it's all about actions. I've created I've done I've made choices that either fuck me or detrimental or um or I was judged uh you know, misjudged or mis, you know, wrongly accused, what have you. I've been all that. And what am I going to do? Cry over spilled milk? Nope. Keep pushing. Keep grinding. Keep fighting. Keep clawing away. And uh, hopefully, you know, shit happens. Uh, good pe- good shit usually happens to good people. And so, uh, but at some point, man, these ADs and presidents are going to have to figure out, maybe there's some other fucking people in a, in a country of 350 million people that can actually do this better. But they'll never know because they're never going to have the nuts to go outside the box and uh, and stop recycling the same fucks who have no fucking interest in these kids because they're that quick to leave them after they sign them. They're that quick to jump ship. They're that quick to fucking say the N-word with a fucking hard R on it. And because they don't understand what the fucking word means, they don't understand... First of all, you shouldn't say it. Second of all, how to say it. Number three, you don't. the kids shouldn't walk out on you if they know you love on them and you care for them and you have the best interest in them. Obviously, it's happening over and over and fucking over, and we continue to allow it, presidents and ADs. So go figure it out. But I'm here chilling in uh, sunny, sunny Southern Cali with Stogie and Cali and... Uh, you know, see what happens. CoachJBStore.com, grab you some whiskey. SlapdickCigars.com, grab you some cigars. They're both fire. They're both getting great reviews. And, uh, hey, let's get it going. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, follow me on YouTube. Um, Mary Evelyn on YouTube. She's uh, she's pissed, tired of these half-assed coaches racking up salary but sitting on their asses and wasting kids' talent. It's pitiful. But listen, Mary, that's the one thing you don't understand, too. It's not only sitting on their asses. It's they don't have no fucking relationship built with these kids, especially our black kids. So there's no relationship built. So that's really what it is. That's really why you should be pissed that they get get this money. Because it takes how long for these D1 coaches, Chip Kelly's, Dabo Sweeney's, Sabins, I can call them all. Even though I know these guys, how long does it take you to to write a a real message when George Floyd got killed and all that shit happened? It took them a week. It took some of them two weeks. I would have had my players in sweatsuits in our colors marching down the street in L.A. And I would have released a statement if I was the head coach at SC or UCLA that day and I wouldn't have had a publicist write it for me. I would have said it right off the fucking tip, off the top, straight up. And it would have happened immediately. And my players would have been told to get into jumpsuits, sweatsuits. We would have been marching down Figueroa or Crenshaw or fucking Compton Boulevard. 
I don't care. But we would have made a show. We would Why the fuck did that not happen? You know why? Because the coaches these cats are hiring, not only are they not from the area that these kids are from and have no cultural understanding, they also have no investment in the town, the community, or these kids' upbringing, which equates to what? Standoffish, oil meets water, and you have this issue. Period. That's the truth. And they get paid nine fucking million dollars a year to not be able to be honest and real and tell your kids in your house that you're going to take care of them. But yet coaches call your kids the word. You got to fucking deal with the coach, not even having your back in a meeting and so forth and so on. Come on, start sending them to fucking black colleges. If that's going to be the case is what it is. College basketball players are already saying, fuck the NCAA. They're going to play pro ball overseas or what have you. So it is what it is. It's all fucked up. I just hope we can get back to some type of normalcy. But I'm being honest. I don't see normal America again for 10 years, man. So it's unfortunate to the babies because the babies don't even get a chance to play. And they especially don't get a chance to play for a guy like me who's going to love on them, but especially getting their ass and understand they need to fucking develop some tough skin and know how to do right. But they don't understand. They think the real world's not going to fucking hit them in the mouth when they leave high school or college. They really don't. And the coaches and parents who aren't telling them that are really fucked up. And you all should be castrated and have your fucking coaching keys and whistle revoked. Drop the mic on that. You guys be safe. I'll see you guys Friday. Real Coach JB. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. It's the last chance for me. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. God, man. I'm just telling you. Coach, I don't want to fucking hear your mouth. I'm tired of hearing guys talk back, man. Just say yes, sir. Coach, you fucking hired me. I don't know no better. Fucking sick of it. Take your ass home if you want to be It's the last chance for you. Last chance.